it's better to have wisdom than money. Because if you don't have wisdom, you won't keep your money. Five seven nine seven Success Forces Part Six: The Success Force of Education. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. And right now, I am in the midst of a series called Success Forces. I do believe with every fiber of my being that God wants his children to be successful. Just as we as parents want our children to be successful, so does God as our heavenly father want his children to be successful. But there are forces in life. There are forces that contribute to success and there are forces that contribute to failure. So we have been focusing on the series of the forces that contribute to success. Success force part one was called specific goals. Then the second part was called BBQ goals for bite-sized, big, and quick. And third, daddy's home, just the success force of having a father in the house Part four was how to set goals for the life you actually want. Part five, the success force of good health. And you can go to brothersoftheword.com and download and listen to all of these absolutely free. Today's message, the success force of education. Now, 2 Timothy 2.15, and this was a verse we would recite every single Bible study which simply says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Over in Acts chapter 7 verse 2, and Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. As many of you know, I took my youngest son, George, to Egypt last month, and we spent 10 days there in Egypt. Egypt, at the time of Moses, was the most advanced nation on the face of the earth. When you study Egypt, you find that every major religion originated in Egypt, just like Christianity. The Bible, fundamentally, all of the Old Testament, Moses was the main writer of the Old Testament. He came out of the house of Pharaoh, came out of Egypt. All of the philosophers, all of the Greek and the Roman philosophers, they came out of Egypt. They studied in Egypt and brought that stuff back to Europe, but it came out of Egypt. Medicine, philosophy, mathematics, astronomy, so much stuff, engineering, so much stuff came out of Egypt. So when the Bible over in Acts says that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, that was serious. It didn't mean just Moses knew about philosophy. It meant he was learned in all of the wisdom of the most technically and philosophically advanced nation on the face of the earth. Moses was a well-educated man. And sometimes we think that, you know, leaders, they just got it. Or they feel it. No, 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 no. I remember when my great-grandfather 
he was an educated man and he was a preacher and people would often tell him that Reverend Rutland you don't need the education to preach God will put the words in your mouth and he said yes God will put the words in your mouth but it takes some education to spit them out so you need knowledge and education it is one of the success forces that contributes to success that was a young boy, and he approached his father, and he said, Dad, why does the wind blow? And his daddy looked at him and said, he said, I don't know. He said, Dad, Dad, where do the clouds come from? He said, mm, I'm not really sure about that. He said, Dad, what makes a rainbow? Mm, mm, I don't really have any idea about that, son. And he said, Dad, do you mind me asking you all of these questions? He said, not at all. How else do you think you're going to learn? <laughs> so a point is, you need to learn to ask questions, but you have to have a source that has some answers. <laughs> or else, if you try to pull from an ignorant vessel, all you're going to get is some ignorant knowledge. So you do have to have a source or a vessel for you to learn. You know, many of the professions, they require continuing education. I'm going to just read you off some of the professions. This is something they have to do. It's not voluntary or optional. In order for them to keep their license, they must take continuing education. Doctors. Do you know your doctor is required to take a certain number of continuing education units every few years? They've got to keep up to date. They must keep studying. After they've gone through college and after they've gone through medical school, after they've gone through internship and even in their residency, they are required by law. They must keep learning because technology changes and they must keep learning. Doctors, Nurses, we have some nurses here. They have to continue to take continuing educational courses to keep their license. Dentists, acupuncturists, and I say acupuncturists, you know, that's the folk who use a needle to stick it in varying meridians to stop pain or heal or whatever. I say acupuncture, that thing is thousands of years old. Why they got to keep taking continuing education? But they do. Counselors, social workers, lawyers, paralegals, accountants, tax preparers, Financial professionals, cosmetologists, which is the business that Bronner Brothers is in. We have the largest multicultural show on the face of the planet. And we have thousands of these hairstylists who come every year. They're packed in classes. They're not packed in classes just because they necessarily just want them. They're required to learn. They have to have continuing education units in order to keep their license. But the reason the boards set up these requirements, they know if you don't keep learning, you get rusty and you'll fall behind. So it's a requirement in so many of these professions, nail technicians, architects. You know, why would a nail technician need to be required in some states to have continuing education? Look like once you learn how to do nails, that ought to do it. And some things you would think that just ought to do it. There's some things that you think that right now I just know enough. That ought to do it. I got enough knowledge. I have enough experience. That ought to do it. No, that doesn't do it. One of the success forces is a continuing mentality to keep learning and to keep getting education. Architects, engineers, project managers, safety personnel, all this stuff, they are required by law to keep their license and to keep working in that field to keep learning. Even with what God has given me in my daily commands, I have to spend an hour a day in prayer. And that hour is beneficial. I need it. It helps to keep my spirit anchored. It keeps me at peace. 
I'm required to spend an hour a day in prayer, but I am required to study for two hours. So God says, you spend an hour with me, but you spend two hours studying. And oftentimes, we just get to prayer and we leave off to studying. We don't learn, we don't improve ourselves, and you need to have that connection to God, but you need to know some stuff. And you need to have some knowledge. Education is a power that is critical to success. And if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. (laughs) Ignorance costs you a fortune. It really does. The Bible, even Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived, who wrote Proverbs, Proverbs 4, 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold? and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver. Now, this is deep. Here Solomon says it's better to have wisdom than money. That's what gold and silver here represents in Proverbs 16, 16. It's better to have wisdom than money. Because if you don't have wisdom, you won't keep your money. And if you do have wisdom, you can get money and you can even get more money. So Solomon, in all of his wisdom, said it's better to have wisdom than money. Someone once told a famous preacher that God doesn't need your education. And the preacher said, God doesn't need your ignorance either. (laughs) So you need to constantly be in a learning mode. And what I mean by education, I don't necessarily mean formal education. I'm not particularly talking about college or a master's degree or a doctorate degree, those are important because there is a correlation between those who successfully complete education and those who don't. And often it's not necessarily that it's a matter of the education itself, it's a matter of the discipline of completion. When you drop out of school, you have a tendency to drop out of other stuff. When you don't complete one thing, you have a tendency not to complete another thing. When you do just enough in school to just get by, when you graduate, you have a tendency to do just enough to just get by. Generally, a person who is A-plus in their academic arena, there is a greater probability that they will be A-plus in everything else. That's why when corporations go to look for jobs, they want top of the class. Right now, the richest man in the world is Jeff Bezos. He went past Bill Gates. But when you look at Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos was valedictorian in his class. He was at the top. So he was first there. He's first in business. He's first in money. But it is a success force. So just to have the knowledge that I am going to be a learner. And when you do that, when you get into that mentality, I am going to be a learner. I'm going to keep learning all the days of my life. I don't ever intend to stop learning. I'm not going to get too old to learn. It's simple as that. See, one of the big problems that people have as they get older is their mental faculties start to fade. They can't remember. They can't think. Their mental acuity starts dropping. A lot of that is because they stop using their mind. They stop growing their mind. And when you stop growing, you're going to start shrinking. The mind is a muscle just like anything else. So when you stop exercising it, when you stop using it, you will begin to lose its faculty. So if you keep learning, it helps you to keep sharp all the days of your life. So I want to just talk to you about seven ways that we learn and seven ways that we get education. The first way is school. This is the most common one, and it makes a big difference. Do you know 
that they build prisons in an area based on third grade reading scores. They build prisons based on third grade reading scores. They can tell in an area, in a neighborhood, in a community, they can tell how many beds they're going to need in prison by the reading scores in third grade because they know if a child cannot read or reads poorly, they won't do well in school. They're more than likely going to drop out of school. When they drop out of school, they know it sends a huge percentage of them down the path of crime because all of the other avenues are blocked. When you don't have a high school degree, it just blocks you out a whole lot of stuff. Our office is next to the Electrical Workers Union, and I went over there one day because I knew some people who needed a job, and I said, look, what do I need to do to get some folk in here to get your electrical training? Well, actually, it's the Iron Workers Union. So I said, what do I need to do to get some people in just to learn how to become an iron worker? They said, well, first of all, they got to have a high school diploma. So we don't take anybody without a high school diploma. I said, what do they got to do with welding iron? We don't take anybody without a high school diploma. So if they don't have a high school diploma, they couldn't even get in to learn how to weld. So the education, just the formal schooling, and I did a sermon where I talked about the differences in pay just between high school and no high school and college and no college. And each one of the levels of formal education, as it increases, it increases the probability of increased income. That doesn't guarantee anything, but it increases the probability that you're going to earn more money. So first is school. So for those of you who are in school, stay in school. For those of you who need to go back to school, go back to school. We've had some people here who've gone back in an advanced age. And one of the people told me, they said, Pastor, is one of the things you said that made me go back to school. And you were in a sermon and you were talking about and you told the story of a man who said, you know, I will go back to school, but four years from now, I'll be four years old. I'll be too old. And he was talking and the person said, well, how old will you be if you don't go in four years? (laughs) And they said, that thing hit me. So how old will you be if you don't learn, if you don't go back and complete? So school is important and it changes vibration. It changes a whole lot of things. So that's number one. School is the first one. Second one is just reading, which includes listening. A lot of things in this country and in this world, they're not fair. I'll be the first one to admit that a lot of stuff is just not fair. There's a lot of prejudice. There's a lot of class discrimination. There's a lot of color discrimination. There's a lot of religious discrimination. There's a lot of age discrimination. I even talked about last week about, you know, you're going to make more money the taller you are. Just bottom line. I gave three things. I said, you're going to make more money if you're taller. That's the statistical probability. You make more money as a leader if you have a deeper voice and you make more money if your body's in better shape. And that's just the reality of it. So my wife had her college program last week, and the four winners, all four of them were in height order. The winner number one was the tallest. The second place was second tallest. The third place. And I looked at that and said, my goodness, what in the... Now, it doesn't mean that height is going to determine anything. It's just a factor. My biggest business mentor and the one who I really admired the most, I read every one of his books, was Ross Perot. Ross Perot is 5'5". He's the billionaire. He's 5 feet 5 inches tall. And he has a real squeaky little voice. So if you ever hear him talk, he got this squeaky voice. He's 5'5". That doesn't mean anything if you're not 6'2". That doesn't mean anything. All that does, it affects probability. Just like it doesn't mean anything whether you're black or whether you're white, but it does affect probability. So reading is the one thing that eliminates all other class discrimination because nobody can block you out of a book. 
And when you open a book, the content does not change based on the color of your eyes. It doesn't matter whether your eyes blue, brown, or black. The content of the book does not change based on the color of your eyes. It doesn't change based on the texture of your hair or how much melanin is in your skin. It does not change. So books allow you unrestricted and unbiased access to knowledge. And it makes a big difference. And books are now easier than ever. On my phone, I literally have over 200 books on my phone. Now, most of my books I prefer in audio format. It doesn't matter how you get them because I can listen as I drive. So often when I'm driving or if I'm out running or exercising, I'm listening to a book. It doesn't matter how you digest the book, whether you read it on the computer. A lot of people like just physical pages. I prefer my stuff electronic. It doesn't matter how your Bible is. It doesn't matter whether you got one of them big old family Bibles you just pick up and weigh about 20 pounds. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter whether you read it on your phone. What matters is that you read it. Doesn't matter whether you listen to an audio Bible. What matters is that you read it in whatever form it is. So reading eliminates all of the discrimination and allows you to get knowledge. Turn to the person next to you and ask them, what are you reading now? And see, it'll tell you where a person is going just based on the answer to that question. What are you reading now? Because the majority of people are like, I ain't reading nothing. I ain't reading nothing. And see, when you're not reading anything, when you look at most of the successful people, and that doesn't mean that all of the highly successful people in the world are big readers. Just most of them are. So it makes a difference about your knowledge and your advancement level, just about your continuing education. Number three, you need to be around knowledgeable people. That's the mentor aspect. When you are around people with knowledge, that knowledge just rubs off on you and it changes your world. Makes a huge difference. Pastor James had to come pick me up from a place yesterday. I was riding in his car. I was listening. I said, what kind of music is that? He said, this is such and such. I went and subscribed to the service. So he changed my whole music listening. He said, not only did you get the music, but you get this that goes along with it. And you can put up to six folk on it so they have a family plan. And you can put your whole family on it. So I signed up my whole family. And it's just from riding in the car with him. So you see, who you are around makes a difference in your knowledge level. If you are around people with a high level of knowledge and a high level of accomplishment, it pulls you that way. Now, if you are around stupid folk, I don't even have to explain that. Number four, belong to organizations. When you belong to certain organizations, the group input makes a difference in your world. Pastor James and I, we attend a CEO meeting every month. We pay a lot of big money. We spend six hours, one day a month, with a luncheon, and it's a round table of just men who run multi-million dollar businesses. Just being in that organization, it changes our mindset. It gives us ideas. They glean from us, we glean from them. Iron sharpens iron. So when you belong to certain organizations that are going somewhere, it makes a difference in where you go. Number five, you need to attend learning experiences. See, churches, that's a learning experience. But I can tell you this, as a general rule, you can't learn more in church higher than the level of the pastor. And that's a deep statement. But the pastor generally will not take you any higher than where he is. So when you choose the pastor, you need to always look and say, well, let me see where the pastor is. Do I want to be where that pastor is in this area or that area or that area? And if the answer to that is no, 
You need to find another pastor. That includes me. Because some stuff I have some weaknesses in. And you can't impart what you don't have. It's just a rule about it. You just can't impart what you do not have. So even when you go to seminars or different courses, there is a company here called SkillPath. And they have all kind of courses in different business areas. And they had an annual unlimited plan. I signed up for the unlimited plan. I went to almost every course they had. And I would go to different cities because I'd gone to one seminar and they talked about, look, if you go to take varying courses, you can travel and deduct it. All you got to do is take a course. You can go to any city you want that they have this course in. You can deduct their whole trip. You can deduct your plane. You can deduct your hotel bill. You can deduct every morsel you eat. So you can deduct everything as long as you take one course in that city. So just that knowledge allowed me to travel and cut my expenses. I only had to pay for half of it because of my tax bracket. But that was knowledge. That's an increased level of learning, but you had to be around some people who did that? I was in a CEO group, and we were actually out hiking. So I was a group, about five or six of them, and they were just telling me how they got free cars. I said, what? I never heard of that. I said, no, I never heard of it because I'm generally not around that kind of folk. I'm around folk trying to struggle to pay the car. Note, they telling me how they got free cars. So I'm listening to the knowledge and the very people who could afford it riding around in free cars because of knowledge. That's another sermon. Number six, just travel. Just travel. Now, sometimes the pastor, I just can't travel. Yes, you can. Most of us have not even been to the stuff in Georgia. <laughs> to be honest, man, we haven't even been to the stuff in Georgia. Traveling opens up your mentality and it opens up your world. A friend of mine used to hang around a lot and he would listen to me about my travel. He said, man, you just opened up my whole world. He's on a motorcycle right now heading to Newfoundland, going on an 8,000 mile round trip. He said, I got that from you. I hung around you and you changed the way I think. So travel opens up your world to different life experiences and the way people live. And oftentimes it helps you appreciate what you got. Especially when you travel all around the world and you go to the high and you go to the low and you get back to the U.S., it helps you appreciate what you have. When you don't travel, sometimes you find every little flaw with everything. When you see some other stuff, you be saying, whoo, thank goodness, amen, America. Yeah, see, it makes a difference. When you don't travel, you know, government, this, this, that, and they got something wrong here, and they're doing all this, and they're running all this. When you travel, you see the other side of some stuff. And when you travel, it changes your whole vibe and your whole appreciation of some things. And the last one, just direct from God. See, most of my major changes have been the learning and the coaching has been direct from God, just like that study two hours a day. To be honest about it, if God hadn't commanded me that, I wouldn't be doing it. So when you develop the communication with God, he will lead you where to go and what to study. Often God will breathe into my spirit. You read this book. So it's number seven on this list, but it's number one. When you develop a direct communication with the ultimate teacher, it'll change what you learn. It'll change your knowledge. It'll change your wisdom. So the success force of Education. Albert Einstein said, education is what remains after one has forgotten what one learned in school. And Jim Rohn says, we must work harder on ourselves than on our work. When you learn to work harder on yourself than your job, money will come as a result. And I'll end with what Jim Rohn said about education. He said, formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. When you're out of school, 
it's going to be up to you because no truant officer is going to come and make you go to school. Nobody is going to force you to learn. It's self-education. Formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. I pray that all of us learn and we become continual learners. It will really change your world. What are you reading? I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com, listen to the entire series called Success Forces absolutely free. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. Amen, amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part six of the series titled Success Forces, subtitled The Success Force of Education by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5797. That's 5797 to listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 5797 to a friend. Go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the word.